They told me I use my mouth good. So I started a podcast. And welcome to Iconosass. Oh my god, y'all. I got two beautiful women here with me. I'm so excited. This is such a treat. Please welcome the amazing Maggie McNeil and the amazing Angela Keaton. Hello! We're doing fist bumps. We're doing fist bumps. We're maybe naked. We're maybe not naked. You don't know. I'm naked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naked and scared. <laughs> naked and scared. <laughs> there's, there's a story behind that. I want to talk about that. Can let's talk, talk about, about it. it. Let's, let's, let's talk naked about scared. it. Um, this is no, it's really it's it, this is like heavy. So big trigger warning. Kathy Lee Johnson, Kathy Lee Gifford. Okay, so Kathy Lee Gifford. If you don't know who she is, she is a many decades of television personality. She was interviewing China Phillips from Wilson Phillips, and yeah. this was China's solo album. And the solo album's name was Naked and Sacred. And she and Kathy Lee screwed it up and said, their new album, Naked and Scared. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's 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 what I bring into the show tonight, Naked and Scared. Oh, okay. Okay, so some of us are naked and scared, some of us are naked and sacred, and some of us are not naked at all. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to guess which ones. (laughs) Because it's not super obvious. (laughs) So, I'm super excited to be hanging out with you ladies. We saw a wonderful documentary tonight. It was. It was great. And and I got to meet one of my own heroines. Yes! The amazing Rachel Watton. Yes. Yeah, so, tell us more about Rachel Watton, because this is someone I just met tonight, too, and I am just amazed by the work she's doing. Rachel has, for years, years and years now, she's been a sex worker who works a lot with the disabled. She said tonight that about half her clients are disabled, which is pretty enormous. I mean, I have a, a probably a higher than usual percentage of disabled clients, but it ain't anything like 50%. And she also started a charity called Touching Base, which she said is over 10 years now. And Touching Base, what it does is it 
sex workers who are willing to work with disabled can register with Touching Base, and Touching Base will try to put disabled clients in touch with sex workers who will see guys with that disability, which is pretty fucking awesome, I think. And and she's just, I don't know, she impresses me. She just, she speaks to, to the part of me that is not just doing sex work for the money, but as a vocation. Yeah, that really, yeah. I mean, that came through so much in the documentary and it's, it's an aspect of something like, I guess I had wondered about, it. I was like, is there, you know, who's like, helping us move out like everyone has sexuality of some kind just about and maybe maybe not everyone. i don't want to like i don't want to exclude anyone does. I mean, but, asexuality asexual is still asexuality yeah right, right right but yeah i mean it really made you kind of think about like oh yeah there are all these people out there you know everyone has the same kinds of needs and it was a really beautiful depiction of that and where it took place is uh, in Australia, where um, sex work is decriminalized, uh, it, as opposed it is to in here. New South Wales. Well, in New South Wales, it's yeah. so, it's different regulations. Yes, by and, and she also talks states, about working so in Queensland. In Queensland, it's it's legalized, which means one Australian reporter once put it. It's a great one line description. Under legalization, sex work is still conceived of as a crime for which the law makes allowances. Like if you follow these rules, you know. And like in Queensland, there's even certain words you're not allowed to use in your advertising. Hmm. Like you can't use yeah, certain right. words. You can't say squirt. You know, you can't say there's a lot of things you. It's, it's this long squirt. Long list. Squirt. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and in Victoria, another Australian state, you can only show headshots. Huh. You cannot show your body, clothed or unclothed. That's bizarre. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they make these crazy rules. And, and yeah. if you break those rules, you can be arrested. That's the thing, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like if you break a rule, whatever, advertising cigarettes or something, where you'd be fined. No, they can actually arrest you for breaking these advertising rules. Oh, wow. Yeah. So tell, uh, tell my listeners a little bit more about your background, because I've been reading your blog for a few years now. I think it was Angela who, who told me about you. And... It's amazing the work you're doing too. So, do you want to give maybe like a kind of brief, brief intro? Brief uh, I'm Maggie story. McNeil, and I've been a whore for 18 years, and I blog a lot about it. I blog about the history and the folklore and the law and the news and the psychology and all sorts of things about being a hooker and about our clients and and such. And no, I don't name names. I don't believe in that stuff. Uh, it's not a kiss and tell. I do give advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I report the news. I try to mobilize, you know, direct action when I can, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you you offer such an interesting perspective. I mean, it wasn't a world that, like, I knew a whole lot about until a few years ago. And I just found it fascinating. And it's so frustrating to see so many awesome people being treated as criminals and it just under mm-hmm. under prohibition you have so many things that make it dangerous for people who are providing a really great service a really therapeutic service to people absolutely too. absolutely and and the thing is not not just as criminals really but as criminal degenerates yeah 
right? I mean, that's just like regular criminals, not like white collar criminals or something like that. No, no, no. Yeah, you know, you're not like laundering billions of dollars funding, you know, wars in other countries or anything like that. Right, right. Like nice civilized criminals. No, no, not nice civilized criminals. No, no, no. I'm moving down here in the floor so I can put my feet on Angela. (laughs) (laughs) We're all bundled up in this freezing undisclosed location. (laughs) It's cold as fuck. It's cold as fuck here. (laughs) Most of the fucks I've had are pretty warm. I don't know what kind of things y'all are fucking to be where it's cold. I mean, <laughs> we're not fucking. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> don't tell the guys that. Guys, no, think I that know. Whenever, whenever more than one God woman is together, that you know we're going to have a lingerie pillow fight. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're going to have a lingerie pillow fight, but not for men. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> so so yeah oh god the the documentary was so good and just amazing it totally brought me to tears i was like i was like trying to like not cry publicly and i was like it's really touching really beautiful yeah it was amazing to meet her she's so down to earth too i was like i really loved that about her i just loved that she was just still just a working whore you know and i really like that Great. Well, working whore yeah. with a couple of advanced degrees, and I mean, she's I'm super working smart. Working with a couple of advanced no, degrees. No, no, I mean, like, no, no, I know, I know. It's That's a lot like of all the whores I know. They're all like, yeah, I went to like Harvard and shit. It's like Jesus. My neighbor went to Harvard. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing because when you, yeah, when you actually meet sex workers, of there's some so many bullshit stereotypes. Oh yeah. Of people, that, you know, sex workers yeah. are un- uneducated or. Uh, you know, they're forced into it or they're being trafficked or stuff like that. And it leads to so much bullshit and so much bullshit regulation, like just what passed with SESTA and FOSTA. Yep. So we were talking about this earlier. I mean, this is ma- these laws are making things more dangerous for people. Oh, absolutely. So, and I know you've been talking about this. Have you, um, I don't know, you've been doing, you're a huge source of information as you've been doing interviews and so so what are some of the more kind of recent effects you've seen well i mean it was only signed last week but it's pretty freaking amazing how many effects we're seeing already anyway for a law that hasn't even been been enacted yet i mean it's been signed but yeah. it hasn't been it hasn't actually taken effect and nobody even seems to know when it's going to take effect I've seen estimates going from immediately to January 2019. So I, wow. I don't know. I have no idea. You know, nobody seems to know. And um, But the websites are already self-censoring to escape this, this madhouse, this legal madhouse this law is trying to create. Because this is the thing. I and mean, these are people who, it's almost like the political equivalent of like, you know how you see these like cartoons where... It's like a big red button, and it says, do not press this button, and of course the idiot is going to press it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that. It's like they told Congress, do not press this button, and Congress presses it. Because it's the most, I mean, they've created this thing where any person or any attorney general of any state can sue any website where they allege, quote, trafficking, close quote, happened. And trafficking isn't even defined. So basically, you've given every 
Yahoo in the United States the right to try to sue an internet corporation out of existence on an allegation. It's so wild, and it's so broadly titled, too. I mean, like, who's going to vote against the bill well, against that. sex trafficking? Yeah, they do. You that know, like, it's such, it, yeah. it's so, it's so frustrating when you see stuff like that because it's almost like they're baited into voting for it just by the sheer awfulness of the name of it. Yeah. Oh, you absolutely. know, it's like, oh, well, you don't want to be like, sound like you're for sex trafficking. If I were, if I were dictatrix, I would, <laughs> the first constitutional amendment I would make would be one stating that the name of any bill had to be either a number or the name of the of the guy who's who's you know I mean like we just like it used to be right the man act the Taft Taft Hartley act you know right the Smoot act. yeah they were always the name of the guy that you know came up with the, came up the with idea it. boom so either do that or put a number on it done yeah but it's way better if you just make a really deceptive sounding name for but a bill and why, you ram it if through if i were the dictatrix i would not <laughs> I would change that well like i i'm i love the show bojack horseman and they they have a whole episode about this where mr peanut butter one of the characters is running for governor of california and in order to get the other guy, the guy who's running against him to be part of the ski race. It's just like this absurd, ridiculous cartoon. It's a car. Yeah. It's like, it's a cartoon. So they basically pass this bill called the, I love California bill. And (laughs) it like builds a bridge to Hawaii and adds all of this extra bullshit just so that Mr. Peanut butter can do a ski race with his opponent. Got it. (laughs) Who's a woodchuck. Mr. Yeah, it was a oh, you've seen Governor this. Woodchuck. Okay. Yeah. The, the, Mr. Peterman is a Labrador retriever. <laughs> yeah. He's very needy. I mean, Peter he's very needy, though. I mean, he's very... He, he needs, needs validation right, and attention. He's a dog. He's a yes, dog. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a dog. I mean, come on. But that's what it reminds me of. It's like, who's going to vote against the I Love California bill? Well, that's... this. Like, I, said, I think on my blog one time I said something like, you know, just because you call a law the... Free Kittens Act does not actually, in fact, mean everybody gets a free kitten. What? Right? And you can call it that all you want. There should be more Free Kittens Acts that give away kittens. I, I wanted to talk to you about a tweet that you tweeted or something I saw on your site where some guy said that if women have a lot of sex in their youth, that they'll end up with a lot of cats in their oh, old yes. age. Now, this is, I mean, I, I don't look. I have a very unusual, I admit I'm openly sex negative and really very ignorant, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, so the boy cat has this little poker with little pokies on it. Yes. Okay. It's a pee-pee. Okay. And it, okay, so the, That's the, the scientific cat, name of okay, it. Okay. The girl cat has um, a hoo-ha. Okay. So <laughs> the boy cat kind of pushes the pee-pee and the hoo-ha. Is that yeah, what reason? Okay. That's exactly <laughs> right. So, and then, like, what, eight weeks, 12 weeks later, there are kittens. That is how kittens are made. Yes. Okay. They're not made by human women having sex with men. No. I want everyone to be clear on this because there's a lot of misinformation and ignorance. Yeah, in our I went society. to public school. I think it's important ed, to clear so. that up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, right. So, does it tell what you, what you were taught? This is a much better sex ed than what I got. <laughs> <laughs> I was just told, like, if if I had sex, I would get AIDS and die. 
That was literally like I went to this like two week sex ed class over the summer because it was either like two weeks of sex ed in the summer. This is when I was like 12 in like middle school or something or a whole like semester of sex ed. And I was like, I'll just take the two weeks. And literally the last day of class, we watched this documentary about this girl in high school and she's with her boyfriend and she wants to wait till marriage to have sex, but he keeps pressuring her and then she has sex and the movie ends with her finding out that she's got AIDS and like maybe she's pregnant too I don't remember it was like ridiculously overblown and so I was terrified to have sex that's, for like ever. It sounds like so one of those exploitation <laughs> films from the 30s it, it was it was so over the top and ridiculous well and then I, I grew up around the D.A.R.E. program too which like just made me want to do some drugs really like when I found out their, their descriptions of acid and stuff I was like that actually Sounds kind of interesting, but they you would use overblown examples of stuff to lies, scare the shit. Lies, lies total lies, lies to scare children into not having sex and doing drugs, which are two of the best things ever. So, <laughs> ever. <laughs> I mean, I am for anything that forces teenage girls to rethink heterosexuality. <laughs> You know, it's just, you know, it's a very thoughtful thing. I mean, yes, often if you have sex with a man, you often end up with, you know, a limp dick, an unsatisfying no orgasm sex, possibly a pregnancy or some kind of unwanted disease, or worse yet, he moves in with you. (laughs) (laughs) The worst thing of all. The worst thing of all. Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, no, I got a worse one. Moves in with you. And then loses his job. Oh, oh my fuck. Jesus oh my God. Christ. No. God. It sounds like a libertarian man. Have you been dating a movement? <laughs> okay. Don't date activists, girls. This don't no date one. activists. Don't let anyone move in with you if they don't have a job. Yes. This is just hey. exactly life advice. Basic hey. life advice, you know. Yeah. Things things you should know. So yes. you don't do them. Because yeah. <laughs> they suck. So, <laughs> don't move across the country for anyone you haven't met in real life to get married. Yeah, that's a really bad. Really. So Ron Paul caused a lot of that nonsense. Don't do fucking bareback. Don't do bareback. Do not let a guy put his thing in you without a condom on it. Yes. Don't do that. Just don't do that. I don't care how cool you think it is. I don't care if you think it'll feel better. I don't care if he tells you that it's like taking a shower with a raincoat on. Do not let him put his dick in you uncovered yes and this is such a thing that has a very simple solution you they probably have the wrong condom size if it's hurting too much like if, if it's really like excruciating for him to wear a fucking condom and oh. he probably doesn't even know he, the right fucking size to use or something like he's, he hasn't use a little bit of fucking trial and error and experimentation or something you know the trojan magnum scientific ladies. method the trojan magnum exists Who whatever really and needs well, a trojan I mean, magnum oh, no, no, you no, probably no, no, don't no, 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 need no. the trojan sometimes magnum they do. sometimes do i mean i keep sometimes yeah about one out of every four or five customers you know is big enough to need one Okay, yeah, so, oh. yeah, not the four out of five that's like, bragging <laughs> that's about their fucking. <laughs> no, one, one, one out of every four or five. Yeah, you know, no, not four out of five. No, no, no I was no, saying, one. I was saying, not the four out of five men who would say. Oh no, 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 because look, the average dick size is four and a half friggin' inches. Okay? Something like that. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's don't really need more than three to like. 
get things done, really. Well, you know, I guess some, some people, no matter what tools you give them, they're still going to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, sorry for making un- you uncomfortable, guys, really. I'm not sorry. You all should be uncomfortable. This is why you listen to this yeah, podcast. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> very uncomfortable. Anal play is going to come in uh, <laughs> the show here soon. Are we going to talk about butt stuff? Are we moving on to butt stuff so fast? Why do you call it butt stuff? That's I don't what, know. That's, I just, what you think that that's what, what the, Ghost calls it. Ghost Rider calls call it butt it. stuff. He calls it butt stuff. What? Are we going to do butt stuff? What's wrong with butt stuff? I mean, we're going to talk about some anal play. I don't think I'm going to do any butt stuff No, no, tonight. no. That's what he says. Oh. No, that's what he says. Butt stuff. Is there a more sensual way to talk about anal? Oh, I don't anal... want to hear. I don't, hear I don't feel like sensual. anal play is like more sexy than butt stuff. It's like <laughs> just the phonetics of it are kind of. I honestly don't care much, honestly, for the term play to mean adult sexual activity. Okay. I don't. Oh, okay. A lot of yeah. people use it. You know, it's, it's a very common term, but I honestly don't care for it. What I about just... fisting? Can we say fisting? Mm-hmm. We can say fisting. Okay. I mean, we can the, say anything. On the FCC this podcast, doesn't govern this, technically. so we can. Yeah, we can say George Carlin. We can say all the all the words. You know, tit fuck. George Carlin. All those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've said motherfucker a few times on this podcast. I just said motherfucker just now. I know I, it's, I it's just one of my favorite words, actually. Like just the sound of it phonetically to me just said, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Like, motherfucker. Some people are just a motherfucker, you know. It's just so fucking it's true. It feels good to say sometimes. I know we shouldn't always say words that feel good to say. I'm not trying to say we should say all words that feel good to say. Under the right circumstances. Yeah. Some words I mean there's some words well. you wouldn't say. I mean, you would, there's just some words you wouldn't say in certain I, I have a list of words that yes. I will never let a heterosexual man say if he's in a relationship with me. <laughs> to you. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to hear the term lover. <laughs> I don't want to hear the term moist. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're not, you're a person who doesn't like moist? Yeah, I don't like it. It's a weird word. Okay. It is, it's I don't so want to hear making love. If I hear that, I'm going to cut your balls off. Okay. <laughs> Okay. It's called fucking, okay? <laughs> right? Where the PP goes in the who. I didn't know those terms until tonight. So I'm, well, I'm an expert. Okay? It's just so... It's just I'm so learning much. so much. <laughs> there are banned words, okay? Stinky is one of them. I don't listen. Don't say that word if you're a man. Pinky is one of mine. Oh, really? Pinky? <laughs> <laughs> what are persons talking about 90s cartoons? I do love then? Pinky in the Brain. I did love Pinky, Pinky in the Brain. brain. I don't like anything sensual or magical. So you probably wouldn't be into like the tantric, like chakra sex. I'm definitely not into tantric. Kundalini, like I've never tried some guy with a goddamn man bun. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, that's like a man bun nightmare. You know, you're picturing. (laughs) I'm picturing a guy played by Justin Theroux with like the whole man bun. He's a he's a B-list actor, but he's from an A-list literary family. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, got it. Because remember, I, I mean, I really don't keep track. It's true. I don't, do not keep track. And the, only, the first time I hear about most celebrities is when a bunch of people start talking about them. I'm like, okay, who's this celebrity now? And they'll, I saw some list recently. I don't remember where it was. There's some internet thing I stumbled on. And they talk about, blah, 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 A-list celebrities. And literally, of this entire list of like 12 celebrities i literally knew like one name the rest of my no idea who the hell they were i'm really out of touch with a lot of actors so i don't know like who's who i don't know it's 
Well, it's beginning to feel kind yeah. of like op- that old like person thing. You know what I'm saying? Where I would say something like, you know, oh, you know, blah, 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 Aerosmith. And my grandma goes, who's Aerosmith? You know, or like, blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 um, you know, heart. Oh, what's, you know, heart? You're, like your heart? No, I mean the group heart. Musical group. They're musicians. Yeah, um, yeah. I like man buns sometimes. You know oh, what sorry. kind of guys those are. You, you know like girly men, though. I do like girly men. You like That's, girly men. Yeah. I I make no apologies about that. If a man I like says... my men like I like my women. <laughs> <laughs> I need spirituality in a man. <laughs> You hate spiritual. Okay. I hate rabid atheism too. Though. I know. I do too. I, I, I hate know. any kind of rabid, weird, That's like, religion obsession with you religion or anti-religion. Have been recovered. Or... No, no, no. I'm just... When I sat back down, I just like... would have been recovered again. <laughs> oh my goodness! The weird, like, yeah, obsession with religion, obsession with non-religion. The, that the, is religion. The weird. Yeah, it is a religion. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the anti-theism of... stuff, like, it just... Hmm. I, yeah, I, I'm atheist agnostic. I'm some <laughs> yeah. form of non-believer. Yeah, but... I, I believe in some weird shit, but, like, everyone's got their weird shit. But, yeah, I mean, but I don't need... I don't feel the need to, like, protest some things or, like, really be rabidly... Well, I think, I think you just made a point, or... though. I think you just made a point. Maybe not meaning to. I think there's a difference between atheism and anti-theism. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people like Richard Dawkins and all, they're not atheists, they're anti-theists. Yes. Right. Right. You can not believe in God and also not spend most of your time, you know, debunking religions. It's like, dude, chill, you know, go go find something else. I mean, sometimes it feels honestly like it's on the same intellectual level as that whole Star Trek versus Star Wars stuff. Well, we all know Star Trek's better. Well, I like them both. No, I'm just kidding. I, you know, but you know what I'm talking about, though. You yeah, know, no, whole, I know. It's, it's like, like, really? I mean, how much time are you going to devote to this? Just enjoy your show and be done, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I get, I, I agree with a lot of the critiques. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm, I'm not for really any kind of theism. No. I'm not like a pro-theist. I don't know that I would say use the term anti-theist either. I'm theist agnostic. Um, <laughs> people can believe whatever they want to believe to feel better and cope with the world better. Yeah, I would agree you know, with that. like I, I'm fine with that as long as their bullshit doesn't intersect with me just trying to live my life yeah. freely. Right, right. as long as they don't hire armed thugs to come and attack you for disagreeing with their mm. beliefs. Right. Yeah. That it's fine. That, like, I can peacefully coexist with, like, a lot of different yeah, types of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, adults can. Yeah. Right. Like, it is, shouldn't, yeah. I just, as long as, you know, people stay out of my fisting. <laughs> because, no, I like my We're fist. back to the fisting again. <laughs> I back, like to fist. Back to butt stuff in No, I time. mean, I like to punch a man in the ass, okay? <laughs> and... <laughs> I enjoy nothing more than when I can really stick my left big toe up a man's ass so hard it hits his prostate. <laughs> That's what makes me feel good. You That's want to sexuality. Me- no! There you go. You, so you're saying your sexuality is fisting? Fisting, or as my old buddies from law school used to say, fisting the night away. 
Julie, if you're out there listening, we're still broadcasting even 20 years later. Uh, it, I feel like anything could be a sexual orientation, yeah. Well, you know, as you tweeted earlier today, I, I said yesterday, my sexual orientation is money. Damn right. Damn straight, baby. Damn straight. I feel like my sexual orientation should be money. <laughs> I think I want to change it. Should be. Oh, no, no. I'm going to choose money. <laughs> I'm switching it up. I, that, I just I love that. I love that so much. I oh have God. a menu. You know my email and phone number. It's out there all over the place. <laughs> just call in. <laughs> <laughs> We're, I'll never forget we, it. We are. We are. We're talking about we shrink with years for that. <laughs> we could offer a, a dual golden shower special or something. Oh, the, the amount, you know the I love how uh, Donald Trump is normalizing golden showers. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Good. Yay! Anyway, let's slow clap. Slow clap. You know, I I feel like you know no one should be ashamed to get a golden shower from a beautiful woman it's a blessing it's a fucking blessing it's absolutely a blessing it's especially a blessing when they pay you for it yeah <laughs> no, i'm certainly yes. not doing it for free well oh, yeah i, I mean why would you for free right right but uh it clearly makes more sense <laughs> it's something i'm gonna do anyway <laughs> well, exactly. get paid. she was get paid for it. yeah right right <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> you did say we could say anything. Yeah, hell yeah, I said you can say anything. So that's just, the, that's, so that's the only rule of the podcast is you can say anything. I think I was just too constricted on the fiends. I didn't I didn't, didn't think I could talk. No, I didn't feel free to talk about certain things, especially when we used to get really deep into the host colon. Like there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of I mean, we spent a lot of time on the air discussing the hosts issues with his colon and many other fried body parts. Uh, <laughs> We're back to butt stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna keep We're back. back. <laughs> We're back to butt stuff once again. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's no. nothing wrong with it. But, Very beautiful woman. Discuss butt stuff. I, I read this article earlier today that says people with people who are highly educated uh, tend to have college degrees and stuff like that are more likely to be into butt stuff. So, yeah, that's right. You heard it well, here. Smart people well, well, into butt stuff. Li- Mozart wrote a poem called Lick My Ass Nice and Clean. Well, hell yeah. I should already Mozart did. Mozart, Mozart did. He actually did. He wrote a poem called Lick My Ass Nice and Clean. Basically, if you don't like butt stuff, you have no musical taste whatsoever <laughs> is the point we're making. I bet Einstein, I bet okay, Einstein I, I want really liked on butt that. stuff. Einstein was probably really obsessed with butt stuff. Had to have been. Take my breath away. Which is opposed to people like Karl Marx who are anal. Doesn't necessarily mean they like butt stuff, but they're anal. They're they are clearly anal. anal. You look at the writing, everything is anal about them. They are anal. And, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Despite popular belief, I am not a Marxist. Uh, I am a cunt. <laughs> I am not a Marxist. In case you were confused. <laughs> I don't hang out with Marxists. <laughs> they're, Unless they're, they're not. not. Unless they're hot. If they're hot, yeah. It's a mean, hot chick. I don't care. 
anyway, I'm not well, going to hang out with the Marxist dude for free, though. That's for goddamn sure. Well, uh, they're almost as tedious as the libertarian men. I, I Aren't they so fucking tedious? Oh though? God, the Marxist it's like, men? oh my God, you can well, cut out like half tedious. of the words okay, to yeah. explain your point much better. Oh yeah, oh, no, yeah. tanky guys. I mean, the, the hard look. I, I have a lot of. I don't mind. I'll do any kind of coalition with the hard left. I have a lot of respect for those people, but the guys there, though, they're. they're what the hell? I mean, I'm, I'm not dating. I'm refusing to date my own kind. I'm sure as hell not going to date somebody else's uh, screwed up men. <laughs> oh God! I mean, he, well, it's it's good. You know, it's nice at these times to be at least bisexual. Oh God! No at more, least, right? thank God. Oh, jeez, yes. I feel sorry for straight women. I have a, well, I have a I friend really who's do. she's very, 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 very down on straight men, and it frustrates the fuck out of her. Because as she gets older, she gets less and less bisexual. She was never super bisexual to begin with, but, you know, but she's finding herself, she's like, so she's really super attracted to guys, and yet she can't find, and she totally recognizes that she cannot find a decent, you know, a decent man. And there ain't no to be found. The quality well, just is kind of... It's just much easier to find different. a physically attractive woman than it is to find a physically attractive man. Well, I would agree with that. I mean, more there's more physically attractive women everywhere. I think women take care of themselves yeah. better. That's true. That's too. really like the biggest thing. No, I think that's true. I too. mean, like it, it's amazing. You, you really see kind of like the contrast. I mean, I even see it with people like my own. It's just like wow, like a lot of the women, I, you know, like they're going to the gym. They're like working out a lot. Like they're you know eat, trying to eat healthier stuff like that. Well, I'm not thinking about it. Yeah, I think about just basic hygiene. Well, hygiene too. That's another huge and grooming. Thing. Grooming, you guys like soap is like so great. And once when you use like a washcloth, also with it, it's like and yeah. that includes your awesome. between your butt cheeks. Yes. Oh, dear. Do we have to? Does that is that something we need? I guess is that something that men need to be told? Some some, some men, men apparently do. need apparently to be told need this. I luckily I have been very 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 lucky in that. I've had very few clients who don't seem acquainted with the with the soap and butthole thing. You know, most of my clients have been scrupulously clean. I'm thinking it's probably because the kind of guy who's attracted to intelligent, educated women is also the kind of guy that has the fucking common sense to wash his ass. I would really hope so. Whereas, I know I've read a lot of stuff from a lot of sex workers that have said they've had a lot of clients that don't seem to know how to wash their butts. Dudes, wash your butts. <laughs> wash your butts. We talk about the testicles. They also need to be washed. Most yes. Twice See, a day. You don't think most of them wash their testes, though? I think most of them wash those. Oh, I, you know, I, I, I will... Like, like know, rinsing will off in the shower doesn't just, count. <laughs> it's just, it, soap needs to hit the balls. Soap on your balls. <laughs> Rub your balls with soap, please. And water. <laughs> Not just dry soap. <laughs> over and over again for about two, three minutes in that shower, okay? <laughs> Whether you feel like you need to or not. Exfoliation. Yeah. Can we talk about exfoliation? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a bridge too far for them. That is. I just discovered exfoliation no. as like a... This, this someone is, who's okay. probably should have known about it. So guys, the two operative words to remember are soap and butt. <laughs> yes. 
Don't be afraid to stick it in there. Just go right ahead. Go crazy. Just, like, go to town. <laughs> go to town on your butt. Take a big giant washcloth with a big bar of Dove or whatever oh. the hell cheap shit you use and just ram it up and down in there over and over again. Oh, and, 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 and off, completely off the subject, but not. Guys, when you get into bed with a woman, take your fucking socks off. Take them off. Take the fucking socks off. I don't care if your feet are cold. I don't care how expensive the socks are. I don't care how ugly you think your feet are. I don't care. Take the socks off. She's a pro. Listen to her. Yes. Listen to her. <laughs> take the fucking yeah. socks off. Yeah. And, and, so, okay, you're going to have to take your socks off. And but the thing is, you've got to have the soap and the washcloth touch the feet, too. And you've got to dry them off after you get out of the shower. Dry them off. Don't dry them off naturally. Go in there and rub each toe and dry it off. Okay? And make sure it's thoroughly dry before you put it in your in your filthy shoe or your nasty-ass socks, you filthy beasts. God. So much filth. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Oh my goodness. Oh my god, I'm gonna lose all my patrons after this <laughs> I'm just kidding. They love this. They love it. I wanna think I your audience washes. My audience is the squeakiest clean physically. Like they they're very hygienic. I don't know that for sure. I'm saying that because I I want it to be true. I'm trying to have hope. In humanity, and my hope is that my patrons are Marines. very clean people. Hmm? Marines, Marines, I Marines have unusually good hygiene. Marines, yeah, I've really? never met yeah. a Marine who did not have really good hygiene. Huh? It's true. I don't know what it is. Something they instill into them in boot camp or something, but they are clean, clean, clean. And this is apparently a long tradition because there's an Eleanor Roosevelt quote about the Marines, and one of the things she says is about Marines is that they have the cleanest bodies and oh the cleanest bodies and the dirtiest minds, that's what she says. Huh. Which is pretty much true of all the Marines I've met, yeah. Wow. But yeah that's interesting. They're I really scrupulously clean. Like almost almost woman level huh. levels of, of cleanliness. Okay. Yeah. So like be like the Marines in levels of cleanliness, but not all the killing shit that they do. You know, use soap in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> You know, emulsify it if you need to. But if emulsify it, you know, yeah. But don't call the cops. <laughs> no, <laughs> call any the reason fucking. whatsoever. Never call the cops. Never. God damn it. Never. Not even if you think you're dying. Not if you think you're being robbed. Not if you think fellow white people. Nothing. Nothing. Do not call them. Do not call them. They're useless and don't call 911 either don't fucking call 911 call whatever if you need an ambulance call the fucking ambulance yeah you know don't call 911 because when you call 911 it automatically goes to the cops whether you like it or not they automatically yes. dispatch the cops to any 911 call even if you say hey this person just fell off the roof and broke their pelvis you know and that's your emergency they will send fucking cops anyway because you you need a cop when you need your bones put back together. That's for sure. The cops, cops are very shoot. Yeah. So are you guys are you guys boycotting Starbucks? I think are you guys, I am. Are you guys on board? I think I'm on board. I'm on okay. board for a long time. I think I, I I was already kind of annoyed the first thing, and then 
when they brought on the ADL to do their diversity training, I just decided, well, I don't think I, I don't think there's really much that anyone's going to learn here. So I like the the reason you're boycotting them <laughs> is different than the reason most people are boycotting them. Well, let me. So let's talk about yeah. We can talk about the ADL. Yeah, we're going to cover everything on this fucking the, podcast. The initial. The initial boycott, I was waiting for the boycott, the Starbucks boycott anyway. I figured, what the hell, you know, I don't need to be spending five bucks on a thing of tea. So, you know, I saw that whole video thing. All right. It seemed, re- it seemed, you know, reasonable. This might be a reasonable boycott. But then Starbucks goes into total PR mode and decides, oh, we're going to have a national day of training. And so I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're not going to boycott so much, especially since they've gone into a lot of stores and given grief to a lot of the, the, the baristas. So maybe, you know, maybe they're not going to boycott, maybe people will accept this. But as it turns out, the day of training is by the Anti-Defamation League, which is part of, you know, the U.S. and, you know, basically the Israeli lobby in the U.S. And it's a group that is explicitly anti-Arab and anti-Palestinian. So it's not, and it's also a group that, you know, collaborates with NYPD. Um, and how to brutalize people better. So these are really not like the ADL supports all this. They're big supporters of, of that. They love the apartheid state of Israel. So I'm not sure if the if supporters of apartheid really are the best people to be doing sensitivity training about how not to chase off black customers in your store. How did Starbucks get wrapped up in the Israel-Palestine conflict um, after something like this? Like, holy shit, I can't think of, like, a think worse it through, because it's PR fascism. Because fascism, that's kind of stupid shit that happens in fascism. You know, you're like, you're like, well, how did that happen? Fucking fascism. See, now, I'm going to go back to answer your original question. Because about, for me to... To boycott Starbucks would be like when I was in college, and anyway, between it was between girlfriends and boyfriends and stuff. And I told my mother that I was giving up sex for Lent, and she didn't think that was too very funny. But you know that so me giving up Starbucks now would be like you know boycotting Starbucks would be like giving up sex for Lent. You know, it's then would have been you know what I'm saying because at the time I wasn't yeah. getting any. Is my point. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it was, you know, so I, right. I don't go to Starbucks anyway. So yeah, I, I, I could not just keep not going and call it a boycott. <laughs> right, but the truth is, I don't I really too, go yeah. to Starbucks. Starbucks is survival coffee for me. A lot of times, I, I I drank a lot of Starbucks. I ate a lot of Starbucks food for a period of time because I was working for a company and testing their app, and it involved buying Starbucks gift cards through the app. So I was testing out a lot of like these gift cards, and I I drank a lot of their awful coffee and ate a lot of their shitty food, which is barely edible, and all like like all their breakfast sandwiches are microwaved, and it was like a fifty fifty chance that it would be like frozen in the middle. This has happened like That's... half of all the Starbucks I've ever gone to, and I've got it Starbucks is all across the country. That's like nasty. half of the time, that shit is frozen in the middle. Because it's just like microwave bullshit. Literally, the McDonald's has better food than Starbucks. I'm not even exaggerating. And I don't even eat fast food stuff, really. You see, this is understandable to me because living in Seattle for a couple of years has taught me that lots of things that come out of Seattle are all form and no substance. But they spend a lot of money and a lot of effort on what things look like. 
the forms of things, the shapes of things, you know what I'm saying? The appearance. And no effort or money at all on the actual substance. Mm-hmm. Which is why Seattle does shit like has the mayor and city council and, and the fucking cops go to pride parades while they've got one of the most aggressively anti-whore, you know, policies in the whole country. So it's like, oh, yes. Oh, because all this appearance of supporting sexual freedom is more important to Seattle than the actual truth of supporting sexual freedom. Yeah. What are some of the policies that make it much harder for uh, sex workers in that state? Well, the main thing we're going on right now is that the city of Seattle has been for a few years now taking large sums of money from a sociopathic billionaire who has a vendetta against whores. And basically what the city, the, the, the city, not the city attorney, but the, um, the prosecutor's office more or less sold the prosecutor's office and sold the police force to this sociopathic billionaire, Swanee Hunt, daughter of the oil man, H.R. Hunt, H.L. Hunt, rather. But she has a vendetta against whores. Wow. She wants whores wiped out. But she also claims to be a feminist. So her way around that is to push this so-called end-demand thing where they hunt the clients. Because obviously, throttling whores out of an income and, you know, starving them is obviously much more humane than, you know, throwing them in jail or whatever. So the city of Seattle has taken grants from Swanee Hunt that basically say they have to arrest a certain number of guys and they have to pursue this, you know, this... um, this vendetta of hers, basically. And not only that, but they had to send their press releases to her people so that her people could approve official press releases from the fucking city of Seattle. Oh, my God. And there were several instances, apparently, according to the documents that were uncovered, that would the, the, the Hunt employee actually change the wording of a city of Seattle press release because that was condition for the, um, the thing. So basically this whore hunting is going on in the same city by the same officials that claim to be so pro-LGBT. Wow. Right. That's fucking awful. Because, of course, everybody ignores the fact that, like we were saying earlier, more than half of sex workers are LGBT. Right. So, yeah, I wanted to come back to this topic. So we were talking about this earlier. We were also talking about swerfs and turfs. And so basically radical feminists who are anti-sex work or anti-trans and take really bizarre, bizarrely radical positions on some things. But yeah, like as far as the sex workers that you guys kind of know, and even a lot of the people I kind of think of tend to be queer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Not all, but the the lion's share, certainly, probably over 90% of male sex workers are gay, right? I mean, some are just gay for pay, but I think that's the minority, right? A very large fraction of, of trans people do sex work at some point. And even the female, the, the cis female sex workers, even most of them are at least bi- Mm-hmm. It's not lesbian. I mean, you know, I was just, we were sitting here earlier, right? And I was, I named, what, about 10, 10 sex workers I know, something like that. And maybe two of them were, were straight, were absolutely straight. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, sex work is something that can help lift people out of a bad situation. Sure. Like, if they've been kicked out of their homes. Like, a lot of queer people, like, they come out to their parents. Absolutely. Whether it's about gender stuff or sexuality stuff, they can be kicked out immediately. And whatever people have to do to survive. Or if people want to, if people just want to do it because they like to do it. Because it's a job. It shouldn't matter, like, why someone's doing it to criminalize That's true. It should something. not matter. That's true. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Like, to criminalize something like that is just insane and yeah it does end up disproportionately targeting queer people too it's just another one of those things that like this is the law like this is systemic oppression like to use a term that i know like no some people have an issue with that term but that is it is systemic systemic oppression absolutely it is it's it's the system is biased against queer people basically who don't and i mean I, i blog about this and i tweet about this and you know it's what i call picket fence queers Yes. Picket fence queers, you know, the queers that basically wanted to, to, instead of saying, I mean, back in my day, because I'm an old lady, no, back in the <laughs> early 90s and, and in the 80s, you know, we used to say, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. Right. Yeah. Meaning, we are the way we are, and we're here, you, we're not going to go away, you might as well get used to it. Mm-hmm. And sometime in the 90s, we shifted from get used to it to, we're just like you. We want to get married, and we want to adopt children, and we want to join the police and the military. We're going to have 2.5 kids and exactly. a nuclear family. And I call them picket fence queers. And yeah. even though I can see the advantage that I had for, for winning a lot of gay rights, at the same time, now it's ter- time to turn away from that. You know, now it's time to, to say, again, but they're not doing it. They're just trying to pursue this respectability politics more and more and more instead of basically saying, okay, well, you know, yes, the these, you know, picket fence queers exist, but we're not the majority now. Now let's introduce you to the rest of our crew. Right. Like, I, I wonder how much this attempted assimilation has really kind of worked. It's like, is I mean... Yeah, there are some people who genuinely want that. Like, absolutely, there are. You know, judge like that. That's totally fine. But there's so much stereotypes around queer people too, and those the judgments that kind of come from that side are just so ridiculous. Anyway, it's like who you know, using terms like oh, degenerate or whatever. It's like who cares? Like, where are these? You know, these values are based on such a fucked up view of human beingness anyway they're they're bronze age views right yeah right they're 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 views that date back to a time when by modern endangered species law humans would have been classified as an endangered species yeah right and yeah so of course all their laws are about survival of course all their their rules and their mores and their and their morals and their their you know, precepts of, of religion are all about basically getting rid of people who don't reproduce or who reproduce in the wrong way because they were trying to, like, build up their numbers. But guess what? we got 7 billion people in the world now. We don't really need to do that We can anymore. stop obsessing now <laughs> about how many people there are in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it always struck me as bizarre, too, because it never... I just kind of knew early on in my life that the kind of getting married and having a family and a white picket fence thing wasn't really for me. I did end up getting married for a while, but like as things started kind of moving in that direction, I was just like, this is really not 
not what I'm about. I don't see myself having kids. I don't see myself, I mean, buying a house, like, that's something I really can't even imagine right now. I'd rather, like, travel and see more of the world and stuff like that. Yeah, the the family and, like, uh, all of that never had a super strong appeal to me. And I picked up that it made a lot of people really miserable, too. Not everyone. Like, it it is a perfectly fine. Yeah, some people really thrive in that. Some people really thrive in that environment. And that's true. And it's not the only way to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we shouldn't be ashamed about different ways that we want to live our lives and different ways we want to love people and care about people and things like that. It's such a bizarre thing to say, oh, well, this is the only right way. This is the only right formula for happiness is like get together, you get married, you go through all this whole thing. The relationship escalator. Yes, exactly. Yes. Have you read, I think it's called like Off the Relationship Escalator. I have not. By Amy. She goes by Aggie Says, but she also, I'm trying to remember her last name, but it's, you're familiar with the concept, though. Oh, yeah. The natural relationship escalator, where it's just an unconscious, I've been polyamorous since 1982. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Although we didn't call it poly back then. We called it open relationships. Right. Poly, term polyamory wasn't invented until much later. Yeah, and it's interesting. It, it For me, it was really helpful to find kind of the terminology to explain that because I always knew it was something I opposed and I didn't quite know why. And it was because of the unconscious escalation of things. It's just assumed yeah. you're going to go from point to point in a relationship with someone. Until and, you're living with them and married and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like found myself like in that situation. I was just like, oh, this is, I don't know, this is like what I was, you know, really expecting to happen. happen. It just all seemed somewhat un- unconscious and it is reversing that and like trying to think about like what you know what is the next step i want to take with whoever i'm seeing at this time like and talking about it and negotiating it it's uh, more time consuming as it maybe but i don't know that it's more difficult really i mean it's difficult feeling like you're stuck and you just did things because you thought you were supposed to do them i mean look at it this way if you're if you're in a river right the easy thing to do is go with the current yeah. Well, the current right. may carry you over a waterfall. So sometimes the easy thing to do is not the right thing to do. And the hard thing to do is the right thing to do. And so I think resisting that relationship escalator or resisting the current, to use our other you know metaphor, is hard, but it can be the best thing, depending on the relationship, obviously. Some relationships can escalate just fine, and they're fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if it's, yeah, sometimes things just feel natural to, you know. Right, but at the same time, I think if you're in that river and in that canoe in that river, just because it seems like the current is nice and going along doesn't mean you should close your eyes and go to sleep on the boat. Yeah. Just let it take take you where it's going to take you. You know, you should still keep your eyes open at least where if you turn out to be wrong, you can steer off to to the shore or something, for goodness sake. Yeah. I think of it as maybe it's more difficult in the short term, but if you're in kind of the other situation and you're in a longer term situation, that's just as difficult, really. I mean, it ends up being as difficult, like, because you end up, because eventually, you know, you want to get out of that situation, uh, whether it's like going through a divorce or like a breakup or something, that's, you know really time-consuming and painful, too. Relationships are always hard, like, it's, I guess, no matter what. You know? I, I know, I know the term you're looking for. 
Butt stuff. Butt stuff. That's right. That is right. Bringing it back. (laughs) Bringing it back. We're bringing it back to butt stuff. We haven't heard anything from Angela in a while. Oh, I'm I'm listening. I'm listening and I'm learning. <laughs> about soap? I mean, I can I can continue on about that particular <laughs> issue if you want me to, to go. To no, go I just figured it's best to bring it back around again because we were getting all uncool and heavy. I was getting heavy. That was, man. <laughs> I mean, you think, you think this, this discussion is of hygiene is light? These men are an atrocity. <laughs> They're disgusting. I can, I went. I'm not going to say what event this was or <laughs> what radio station. Okay, not, I, I'm. I'm going to. I'm not going to even say the event or who the author was speaking or whatever. But I went to an event that is in my field of foreign policy. Let's say we'll call it foreign policy, and the everyone attends the event. It was actually somewhat racially diverse, but they were all men, and they all stank to high heaven. <laughs> There was men without their shoes. There were men whose pants were there. You can see the nice dip. I love seeing the anal cleft of a large, large man. That's so hearty to look at. It's just it's so erotic. Um, men, it's just the anal know, cleft. Men who don't. <laughs> That's you, Seattle language. <laughs> you know, men who don't understand the nose hairs have to be clipped because things are caught on them. Um, it was just filth. <laughs> And I tried moving away from different men, but they wouldn't let me sit by myself. I ended up having to have a friends of mine um, in another part of Los Angeles come and rescue me. They wanted to be at the event, but the event smelled so badly that the young woman of the couple said, no, I'm not going in there. And then I text them. I said, please take me away from here. And I left the event. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my God. That's um, the st- I mean, this is filth. I mean, the stench of these men. And this is the thing. These are the men who are interested in U.S. foreign policy and are anti-interventionists. They were they were leftists. They were libertarians. There were men from the Middle East. There were men from Africa. There are a lot of obviously men of European descent. But they none of, like all of them just had terrible hygiene. Like big calluses on the feet. And just, you know, like, they don't understand deodorant. Yes, wear deodorant. Wear de- I don't care if you think you're going to get cancer from it. Wear the goddamn deodorant. <laughs> you stink. Soap. And you soap. You know, I mean, I've been smoking pot every day for years. And I still can smell, with my limited sense of smell, can smell these men. And these are the men. I don't want to smell that again. I have not gone to an event since. <laughs> I have not gone to a single goddamn political event this year that I wasn't, you know, paid, you know, paid for. And this year, it's all because I raised my rates. <coughs> None of them are libertarians. This is fucking great. So, yeah, people, people really have to dig to find me. And right now, I'm probably the only place you can hear me is on some of these secret shows that MK does. Secret, secret. It's a secret show. You're so all in on it, secrets. folks. Well, man, this has been an awesome show, yes. Very enlightening, enlightened. We, you know, we brought it back soap. to the root causes here. Soap. To soap. Soap. To butt stuff. Yeah. Trim your goddamn pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't like it shaved, though. Not shaved, but I don't want to see a goddamn pubic nest, either. I mean, if it looks like yeah. owls can burn in there, <laughs> then it should get the hell rid of it. <laughs> God. 
Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Real women. Real radio. Real radio. This isn't the view, motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but that does have to be the end of this episode, unfortunately. But where, where can these lovely people who have been so patiently listening to to this wonderful broadcast find you, awesome ladies? Well. I'm I'm all over Twitter and and I've got a a blog and really the easiest thing is just to Google Maggie McNeil because not only will you get to see my books and my blog and my Twitter and my videos but you'll also get to see a bunch of topless pictures of me and my fantastic boobs so that's McNeil M C N E I L L first name Maggie all right oh yeah I'm. Um... I guess I'm playing Richard Belzer to MK's Alan Thicke, and if you get that reference, you probably are too old to be listening to this show, so. Alright, kids, I'm, I'm done. Are you done? <laughs> well, there you go. Check them out. Um, oh, and by the way, did we, did we, like, bury the lead of the name of the documentary? What was the name? Oh. Oh, Scarlet Road. Scarlet Road. Scarlet that was, Road. So that was the name of Very the documentary. Clean. I meant, I meant yes. to, I meant to mention that earlier. Scarlet if you Road. want to know more about that documentary, look up Scarlet Road. It is a beautiful, beautiful documentary, um, and it includes soap. And it includes soap. And a guy washing. Yeah, yes, washing. two guys you can washing. Learn so many lessons two from this guys washing. documentary. Yeah. There's so many men being washed in this documentary, and it's a beautiful thing. And there's so many other beautiful things about it too. <laughs> and yeah and that's the show so I will see you next time bye sexual man say if he's in a relationship with me. I don't so want to hear making love. If I hear that, I'm going to cut your balls off. Okay? <laughs> okay? It's called fucking, where the pee-pee goes in the hoo